0: All right, good morning, everyone. Pastors of Bringing Baptist Church ready to bring you another podcast, and uh, we're going to get some of that fancy music real soon. Uh, Pastor Jonathan's gone on a mini vacation, but everyone else is here. What do we got this morning, Mike?
1: We've got an article from Christianity Today. 22,000 Indian Christians, those are people that live in the country of India, uh, peacefully protest rising persecution at historic Delhi gathering. And as I was looking for an article this week, this really jumped out at me from the perspective we're trying to challenge our Berean family to look at the world and to see the 1040 window, which is the area in the eastern hemisphere between uh, the latitude of 10 degrees north and 40 degrees south. And that—that is the least gospel-saturated area of the world. They're the most unreached people groups, unreached, unengaged people groups. And I just want us to see those areas of the world more, and what life is like for Christians in those worlds. India's church is exhausted by the surge of
0: anti-conversion laws and accusations of illegal proselytization. They're tired of mobs driving out Christians from their villages and the possibility that many face property destruction, personal violence. Perhaps most significantly, they're angry at a government that passively enables these actions at best and actively foments them at worst. What a paragraph. That's, that's quite the indictment on the government. It's quite the uh, contrast to the life that you and I live around this table. I mean, when was the last time that we were concerned about property destruction and personal violence against us because we're Christians? Man, the life we live in America is, is so different than in many regards to the whole rest of the world. It's, it's, it's shockingly different.
2: Well, even, I mean, it's even different from those across our northern border. We saw this with through COVID, the COVID lockdowns.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That one, I mean, one national border away was, I mean, no, nothing to this level, but still, I mean.
0: No, Canada was doing much to suppress Christianity right? during COVID. Last week, 22,000 Christians across the denominational spectrum and from all around the country gathered together In their nation's capital to to demand better, this protest is basically to call uh, the attention of the government to the increased violence against Christians and our institutions. These attacks are without reason and a basis. Metropolitan, and that is quite the name. Um, Dimitros is the last name, maybe. How did uh, sure? You all okay with that? Yeah. At an Orthodox Syrian church in Delhi told C T Christianity today. So we are calling upon the government to ask how the protection of Christians and their institutions will be guaranteed. We are not asking for anything out of the ordinary. You know what I when I saw that church, my Baptists might even not even acknowledge that they're Christians. You know that? That's how narrow we are. Mm-hmm. How obnoxiously narrow we are that we we might not we we might say hear the word Orthodox and think Man, that, that they're not even, they're probably not, you know, Russian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, you know, they're, they're probably not even part of the body of Christ. And yet here they are naming the name of Christ under the most extreme persecution. And we barely will name the name of Christ in the city of Fayetteville under no persecution whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a contrast if you want to think about that for a moment, guys. just
2: Oh, absolutely. Because if you consider the... the um the influence of Hinduism to go to any religion. I mean, n- think of our, the Muslim countries that we're kind of familiar with through um, missionaries we've supported. I mean, this isn't this isn't Mexico where it's Roman Catholic and you're just talking about a, a little bit of a variance on who Jesus is. No, this is gigantic. Yeah. yeah and when, right. Pastor, hope. we read this yeah. paragraph and immediately, I don't know about you guys, but my mind just went Book of Esther.
1: Yeah, because you're going against the national religion. Mm-hmm. All Right. Well, it's interesting that
3: they were able to gather 22,000 Christians for one purpose together. Mm-hmm. And here in America, we're fighting over which
2: translation is the right translation yeah. in our churches. Yeah. Oh, right. there is no fight. It's been settled.
0: Yeah, yeah it's been
2: settled, right. <laughs> so major national media outlets like the Outlook and the Indian Express... And YouTube channels like India Speaks, among others, covered the protest. Thousands of young people, church leaders, human rights activists, educationists, lawyers, musicians, and other professionals from more than 80 denominations, that's a lot of denominations, and Christian organizations gathered at the February 19 event at Jantar Mentar, um, a historic observatory. The protest was organized by the the Delhi and National Capital religion uh, Region Christian Leader, "...leaders across the denominational spectrum. Many attendees wore white to symbolize peace and wore their traditional attire and sported black armbands as a mark of protest. This coming together of all the denominations is not to show our muscle power. Rather, it is a unity to strengthen the kingdom of God," said Abraham Mm. Matthew of the National Council of Churches in India. "...it is a cry of our people for their brothers and sisters who are suffering in rural areas." They have the right to believe in their God, but that is being curtailed. There is no other hope for us, but only crying to God to save us. And this is a loud cry, he added. Wow. Choirs from different Delhi congregations, as well as ethnic groups from Punjab, um, Rajasthan, Kerala, Uh, Tamil Nadu, and northeast states of the Chota Nagpur Plateau offered songs of worship and encouragement in various languages and musical styles. Many of these regional languages have flourished in recent decades due to missionary-led Bible translation and education efforts. But the protest also offered a time for many Christian leaders from different parts of India to share and lament the way their communities are being targeted. Um, Cora, an activist from hailing from Chhattisgarh, uh, provided a first-person account of the oppression that Christian Adivasis um, that Christian Adivasis residing in the Bastar region have been enduring. Should have listened to this article beforehand. This is. Like some genealogies in here. All right. Um, In December 2022, in what appeared to be a coordinated assault, Hindu radicals in the area offered their Christian neighbors three choices. Deny their faith, abandon their ancestral homes, or face death. Golly. Those who chose to stay were attacked. Their homes and places of worship demolished. Their crops set on fire. Their animals killed and consumed. Atrocities that have been confirmed by numerous fact-finding investigations. Despite the high court's directive for the Chhattisgarh government to offer aid to the, to the displaced people in the region's established government camps, the majority of those fleeing have opted to stay in hiding, concerned that they would be compelled to return to their villages after a few days. While some of them desire to return to their native land and normal routines, they demand police protection and justice against those responsible. While the community continues to have faith in the leadership and the legal system of the nation, it makes a heartfelt, earnest appeal to fellow citizens to stand in empathy and solidarity with it, to raise their voices at the targeted, targeted, violent, and organized injustice happening across the nation against their brothers and sisters. Outraging their religious freedom and inherent dignity, said John Dial, a Catholic activist at a press conference preceding the protest. Meanwhile, multiple Christians at Uttar Pradesh have suffered over allegations of violating the state's anti-conversion laws. Shivdesh, who prefers only to use his first name, spent 20 days in prison in 2022 on an alleged accusation of forced conversion. Fatahpur... Uttar Pradesh, resident, um, recounted the violence that he and his family experienced at the hands of a mob and the subsequent troubles they faced because of the authorities' cold response. Last year, the Evangelical Church of India, based in the city, was targeted during a Maundy Thursday service on April 14, 2022. Since then, 47 local Christians have been detained in ongoing arrest. Uttar Pradesh authorities have also accused the 113-year-old Broadwell Christian Hospital, the faith-based Sam Higginbottom University of Agriculture, Technology, and Sciences, and World Vision of violating anti-conversion laws. dots right. anyone?
3: Yeah, I have several. And <clears throat> to be honest, Pastor, I don't think that my opinion... Any of us here are really qualified to speak a word of encouragement in an experiential way. None of us have done this, but the Bible spoke heavily to this. Mark chapter 10, And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel's. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time of houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecutions in the world to come. Eternal life. But many are first, shall be last, and the last shall be first. Over in Hebrews, it says, But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings. Sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction. Sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison. And you've joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have, no, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised, For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those that shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Into Revelation, unto the church of Smyrna, I write, The words of the first and the last who died and came to life, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander of those who say they are of Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Who has ears to hear? Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. And to the church of Pergamon write, the words of him who has the sharp two-edged sword... I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne, has to be in the 1040 window, is. Yet you hold fast my name, and you do not deny my faith, even the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. And then over in chapter 6, I opened the fifth seal, and I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God Mm -hmm. and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O Sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long will you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. And then over in Revelation chapter 20, when he says, Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those whom the authority to judge was committed, Also the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands, they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. On and on and on, huh? I mean, it's just... I don't know why God has chosen these Christians of India to receive a special type of reward in heaven, but he has done so. And and looking at it from an earthly perspective, it is absolutely an atrocity of what they're going through. It's unfair. It's unjust. It's it's ungodly. And yet, the Bible says that's going to happen. Some are going to be chosen for that. Remember, if the seven churches represent any church today or any regional churches today or spirit of churches then there are those that are simultaneously being persecuted while there are those who are being blessed immensely with other types of abilities to do works and god has chosen this window for persecution we don't know why maybe it's because they're closest to that which is most against god islam Mm -hmm. and 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 as they stand strong in testimony, is it not motivating our heart toward, motivating. towards the evangelism of the gospel and the advancement of the kingdom? And they're re- and he, what he's promising is is while all this terribleness is happening <clears throat> to them on earth, they're also simultaneously being blessed with an immense reward in heaven in, in the eternal kingdom to come. Yeah. It's hard to believe.
0: It's difficult to wrap your brain around. The government is not listening to us, David said, who attended the protests. He told CT in the bottom of page 2. Wherever persecution is reported, we approach the authorities to intervene and help Christians who are being targeted, but instead we see the authorities start to act against Christians rather than help them. The situation in the state is worsening with every passing day, so this united peace protest is the need of the hour. So, Jack, based on what you said, do you think that they should just embrace it, or are they wrong? For no, no, I don't,
3: I don't think they're wrong. I think what they're doing is they're doing what's right in, in the essence of by, by peacefully protesting, which seems to be allowed by their government. They're operating with the bounds of their governmental laws. They're petitioning their, the, the God-ordained authority over them, even if that authority is Satan's throne. And that's what I think that Satan's throne reference to is in uh, the Church of Pergamon is the idea of a seat of government that's given itself to to Satan's control, Mm. um, which seems to be happening here. Uh, And yet we don't know that if out of this there will be an influential governmental leader whose heart is turned by by God's hand, that he will become sympathetic to them and that in, if that person becomes a lover of God, a theophiles, if you will, um, that we might see something turn in the future within the country itself, m- much as it did when persecution ended in Rome, even if it doesn't mean a, an actual true conversion, but at least a Edict of Milan uh, tolerance mm-hmm. and protection. Mm-hmm maybe well, then the, even ahead,
1: maybe even you know within just the the silent majority within India this might be a testimony to them and there might be a grassroots movement of people that are hindu predominantly seeing christians and what they're going through and might feel conviction through the holy spirit about that well, that,
2: along those lines, you know, Jack, when you mentioned the Edict of Milan, I think about the, the almost detrimental effect that it had on Christianity that it seems that it grew stronger under persecution than be it becoming something that is, that is
1: tolerant. And that's a scary thought because both biblically and historically, I think we can see that attested mm-hmm. to. Right. That in areas where there were greater persecution, there was a faster growing movement of church, of people becoming believers. Which, I mean, you almost, we've kind of talked about it over
2: the last year or so, but like with the decline in America over what is church attendance, what is belief, what is active participation in churches, the number of churches that are closing, we looked at the other week, you almost wonder to what to what degree is there an active correlation between in a country like India, where there is persecution, Christianity is being strengthened while persecuted, and in a country like ours, where it is tolerated and permitted and protected by the state, that it is shrinking?
3: And, and we don't know, and I know that we see this out of Christianity today, and we're not seeing this out of the secular news sources, but what we don't know is how much the, the perception war might come to India over this. It, India is relying upon this um, uncorked uh, trade, global trade phenomenon, uh, especially in technology. So if companies that don't want to be seen as these persecuting people Push in on the government Mm. would he use that and and my precedence in making that statement is Luther would not have survived if the Holy Mm. Roman Emperor wasn't fighting wars actual wars he didn't have the time to dedicate to the pursuit of Luther so, Lord, well,
0: I thought you were going to say, Jack, and I agree with you, but I thought you were going to even go even more specific and say Luther wouldn't have survived if the Prince of Germany didn't take an active interest, interest in hiding him. Too. In hiding him. I yeah. mean, he, he made it his mission. And, and there's no indication at that point that he was a convert. He right. just loved Luther. And, I mean, I think in the end of his life, I think he came to Christ. Right. right? But I, I I'm not sure that when he sent those bandits to kidnap him, he was and yet secure, a convert. Right, and secure him in the castle, the very place where he writes the New Testament and gives the German people the word of God in their own language. And this is a pagan for all, I mean, you know, right. being used of God, and yet it's what you're saying here.
3: Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. I don't, we don't know that if this godly approach to protest isn't going to motivate a, a German prince, so to speak, in the form of a whoever to take a more uh, active interest in protecting a Christians. a theophilus who mm-hmm. will defend you in the roman courts a, a a a ruler who actually has the power to issue an edict i mean we just we don't know what god would do you know I, even recently i've been listening to a lot of testimonies about um from people who have gone through things in christian life and one of them recently was A a soldier in World War II, and he was, it was like on Iwo Jima or some, one of these island hopping islands, and he retreated into a cave to save his life, and he heard the Japanese coming and searching the caves and everything else, and he was praying for God to protect him somehow, some way, some way God protect me, and he was watching as a spider began spinning a web over the entrance to the cave and he thought to himself, this is insane, and and he's still praying for God to protect him. Before the soldiers arrived, the the web was complete, and they didn't even enter the cave because there was a complete web over it, so therefore nobody's been in it in a long time, and they walked on by. And God used a spider web for his salvation physically, his life. And and we don't know what spider (laughs) even God might have to use that allegory Mm -hmm. in these situations
0: yeah and isn't it remarkable that all these Christians are getting together and says you know bottom of the page Christian leaders (laughs) sign a memorandum based on reports Um, we see this unity across here how many denominations did you say 80 80, different denominations well that
2: was one of the questions I wanted to have I had about for the sake of discussion because we've also seen we have seen the word Catholic um, I forget which, it must have been
1: on page two. Um, Middle of page three, last March, the Archbishop of the Catholic Diocese of Bangalore. Mm-hmm. Right. Bangalore.
0: So, along, I, along with the Evangelical Fellowship of India. Did you I mean? Yes. The Evangelical Fellowship of India and the Catholic Church. So, go ahead, Brian. Well, so that
2: was just kind of my question. You know, is I'm sitting here thinking about this. And obviously, like Jack mentioned earlier, we can't speak to this. All right. The the worst day we've ever had for the sake of Christ in America doesn't even compare to this, um, but to what degree should we on in our culture be looking to work together for the sake of advancing the name of Christ? And where where are those lines? You know, because we kind of jokingly mentioned earlier about we're arguing about Bible translation. Okay, so what? what should we as American Christians be looking to do? Because there's not a one of us that would draw a line and say, oh, well, we can't march together in front of Planned Parenthood with multiple different denominations because we're united in that. But eventually there becomes a belief difference where there's, it's not a um, smaller denominational variance like the difference between Free Will Baptist and Baptist or even, you know, Reformed Baptists and Presbyterians. But it's, it's a bigger thing, such as a Catholic and a Baptist, where you have a belief that there are sacraments in addition to uh, the work of Christ for salvation.
3: Yes. And I wouldn't do a Billy Graham revival mm-hmm. and then turn them back over to the Catholic Church. Right. However, because the Catholic Church is under the umbrella of perceptional Christianity. In fact, they're the icon. Most times, if you see a person portrayed in religious aspects within a movie, well, they put the... because it's so identifiable because of the collar. Mm -hmm. Uh So they put them in that natural garment. Um, So if I had to go to the state courthouse, to the capitol, and we were having a prayer march or anything of that nature, I would not be upset that the Catholic Church is present in that because they're seen under the umbrella of Christianity. And generally, if we're talking about a protective aspect of it, that's going to benefit even the para-Christian organizations by peripheral fallout. And we can still have our denominational difference, but to the world, the kingdom.
1: And I think, Pastor, when you talk about Berean as a flock and how we have to shepherd the flock as the elders are called and given that responsibility, for us within Berean, we need to guard the theology, guard Scripture, and and nail things down. But yet, as we interact within the community around us, I think that's where within Grace and Mercy... We need to be willing to join arms for the cause of Christ, about the cause of Christ. Now, when we come back in with the Berean family, that's a, that's a different context. And, and we can talk about the differences of different denominations within our family, but yet we still have to be willing to give grace and mercy because we don't know the heart of each person that's Catholic mm-hmm. or Orthodox. And Jesus can save people that are Catholic and Orthodox, and so when we engage them in the community, we need to be much more loving and, and gathering together. I
3: think, and for whatever reason, Mike, they may remain in those churches. Yeah,
0: but but again, when we say those churches, some of the the, the, the kind of the core doctrine um, that would unite a. Evangelical with a Protestant with a Catholic with a Orthodox Russian Greek, whatever, would be how do you view Jesus? 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 Mm-hmm. And there would be no difference between a Baptist and a Catholic with regard to how. Now, you can get into the sacramental conversation, sure. But a Catholic would say Jesus is the eternal Son of God, the only begotten, born of the Virgin Mary, sinless mm-hmm. life, death, burial, resurrection, on the right hand of God the Father. A Catholic dogma would affirm all those things.
3: And that's why the secular world doesn't understand us arguing with
0: each other. Yes, yeah, because of the nuances that we see as biblically
3: sound differences that are worthy of having a difference over. But they're not within us enough to know those. No. And that's, and that's why I was saying about the state capital thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and so I thought, you know, as you were saying, Jack, about John Wesley, you know, how he chose to stay within the Anglican Church, but yet the Methodist Church was created here in America out of his preaching and, and the movement of his followers. But yet he desired to stay within that denomination to allow God to use him within it.
0: I mean, I, I told my wife the other day, I, I pray that there are many, many more Catholics saved than what we actually think. And, and, and why could they not be saved? Why couldn't a Catholic come to the doctrine of justification by faith, reading their Bible, because their Jesus is our Jesus, mm-hmm. right? So how is it that they could not become saved? It's a strong probability that there are Catholic priests at the lower levels who are just shepherding and ministering to smaller congregations
1: that believe that jesus died for their sins and they see works on the correct side of salvation and they live it out that works are the lordship the sanctification part.
0: yeah and and we would disagree with their seven sacraments and all that but they would say that those are some of them not all and certainly not catholic dogma doesn't but but they would say this is the accompanying works of genuine faith this is how i show the world that i am a believer i take this sacrament i yeah, you know, we can have a whole conversation about their baptism and anytime you go on this road with somebody you're just immediately you're being progressive, you're being liberal, you're going to throw it. No, no we're not. No, no we're not. We're trying to understand how the body of Christ is bigger than the local Baptist church. Cuz it's huge. Yeah. And you want it to be huge. Don't you want it to be huge? I want it to oh, be yes. huge.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, we need that.
0: Right. I mean, we want it to be gigantic. You know, if God's not willing that any should perish, then we shouldn't be willing that any should perish. You know, it, it, gu- think, you guard know, ourselves against this divisiveness that permeates the, the, the Christian church, and
1: in particular the evangelical church. Let's celebrate what we do agree about. Let's shepherd our flock within the boundary of God's word. But let's not try to shepherd everybody in the world. Let's try to help everybody in the world find Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we'll be true to ourselves within the walls of this church. Yeah. And if you come into
0: these walls, we'll be true to ourselves. But when I leave these walls and I go out, I want to do
3: like I told the chapel students on Monday. I want to be full of grace and truth. You know, and I don't know about y'all, but I've often wondered about those other people. I know we're in the last few minutes. They're those other people. And what I mean by those other people is, okay, so we're in the Bible... And here's Christ, he's he's, he's with his uh, apostles, they're moving through Israel like they normally are, and James and John, I, I guess they've been off wandering a little bit, off to the side, here they come walking up, and y'all are you know where I'm going. And they're like, hey, we saw this other group yeah, over here. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're not walking with our group, so we told them to shut their mouths. Yeah. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but, right. yeah. but we told them to shut their mouths and stop doing what they're doing. And he's like, no, leave them alone. If they're not against us, they're for, for us. us. And, 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 the concept, and the concept was, is maybe they weren't saying it the way James and John would say it because they had a cl- closer relationship with Christ. But the evidence was, is Christ knew their hearts well enough to know, leave them alone. Yeah. Yeah. They're not against us. And I think we don't take that approach enough. hmm Yeah. Like, you know, and even that's one of Luther's tenets was, how, how, why can we make this, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, confession, applicable yeah. to people who make it that may not be within the bounds of are of our ecumenical laws. Yeah, yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed this podcast, and and we just need to pray for the persecuted church more. I mean, that's just the bottom line to this. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.